0: In today's show, we look at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PricePix. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's PrizePicks.com and the promo code is LOCKEDON. Thank you for making Lockdown Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Wave wire time. Let's look at guys added, guys dropped. Um, we are headed into the playoffs for some leagues. I'm aware that it's not for every league. I'm aware that Yahoo Cash leagues are still two weeks away from playoffs starting, which is stupid, and a reason you probably shouldn't play those leagues, because having the playoffs at that time is dumb, but that's just the way that they roll, and they would never take my suggestions of what they should change at any point, because they've kept the same settings they always have for years and years and years, but that doesn't matter, because we're here to talk about what is actually happening at the moment in fantasy basketball. Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) All right, that was a weird laugh, wasn't it? Didn't come out right. Um, all right, let's look at the most added players. Number one is the big fella in New Orleans, Josh Richardson. Now, I was I saw him get traded to New Orleans. I went, oh, no chance. He's going to play 23 minutes a night. Um, you can drop him, all right? And that's clearly wrong because I did not expect a team with some young, really good players, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy... Um, Even Najee Marshall to say, all right, this guy who's never been here before, um, we're going to stick him into the starting lineup, play him 30 minutes a night, limit our good players and still get blown out by 30 points, which is literally exactly what has happened. I have no idea whether the Richardson starting situation will continue, but it's another mark in the box of coaches going, oh, he's been around a while. We love veterans. Oh, provides a good defense. Yeah, but does he though? Like, did it actually help? No, it didn't. So I don't know the point of it. It seems absolutely counterintuitive compared to where this team is or what they're doing or even the value of a player of what Richardson's like. It's pretty crazy coaching. We see it all the time. We, you see this sort of stuff all the time. I think it'll get corrected at some stage and I don't think we'll continue to get 32 minutes a night of Josh Richardson starting uh, for his new team. I just don't think he's that guy. But for now, we've got to go and grab him. Yes, it was wrong to drop him. But again, I try to make, we, we all try to make decisions for our teams or when I'm, you're doing for the show of what we think is likely. And yeah, the likelihood of me saying, well, Richardson's coming in, he's starting, they're going to bench Trey and they'll play Herb Jones 22 minutes um, is insane. Like no one would have expected that. that. That is literally crazy to expect that that would have been what happened, but it did. And here we are. Cam Reddish, one of the most added players as well. We'll get a pretty good idea of some stuff with Portland today with no Simons, but Lillard and Grant back. The fact that they didn't start Shaden Sharp is another one of those. Oh, you got to go the veterans, guys. Just got to go the veterans. Yes, Cam Reddish has been a failed lottery pick in two teams and traded for absolutely nothing. Um, but you know, versus our lottery pick who's shown a ton of excitement and is a part of our future, we've got to make sure we prioritize the older guy. We have to. That's just how. The, that's the natural order of evolution. You have to do it. And of course, Chauncey Billups did it, and they got smashed. Was it because Lillard was out or because the coaching was dumb? I choose to lean into my own narrative. It was because lid was out, but, you know, this stuff happens all the time, which is frustrating. We look at stuff and go, this makes sense, and then it doesn't happen because of something. I don't know. So, anyway, is Reddish going to start in Simons' place, or will they go back to Sharp? I wouldn't be surprised if they went, all right, uh, all that rant about Billups aside, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, you know what, this was a shit situation sitting on the plane. Maybe we'll just keep Shaden, who hasn't got the full NBA preparation stuff, fully sorted. We'll just keep him in a limited role, but then we start him next to Lillard. I wouldn't be shocked if Lillard starts, but Reddish has been added. He's a good threes and steals guy. There are minutes available. Don't mind the ad. Then we've got the two Maliks, Malik Beasley Malik Monk. I would add Monk over Beasley. I think Monk is just a more well-rounded contributor. He gets assists while Beasley doesn't. Beasley's a very good threes guy, a very good points option who can be very streaky. We've seen that. Time and time again. We've seen it so many times. But he can also peel off 15-game runs of shooting 45% from three. So adding him is fine. Monk has been cutting into Kevin Herter's playing time. And he's been awesome for them. We saw them in that you know, ridiculous double overtime game against the Clippers. Uh, he was one of their key five and closing the game and playing big minutes. I would add Monk over Beasley, but they've got, both got some appeal. Then there's Isaiah Joe, who with Shea Gildas Alexander out, is going to be very much like Malik Beasley, a points and threes guy. I don't see Joe having long-term value unless Shea is out, because he'll just play 19 minutes a night, and he'll be that guy that he's been all season where he is a three-point streamer, where he can hit two three threes and get you nine to 11 points, which is okay, but it's not 12-team. If Shea is out and he's playing 27, then yeah, he is. He is a consistently excellent three-point shooter, He can get some steals. He can score a little bit. He's not going to be well-rounded. He is Malik Beasley, basically. And if he's in a Malik Beasley role, which he is at the moment, then yeah, we grab him. And then we drop him later on. And then we get to the question of Marvin Bagley. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know what to make of it. Last game with Duran out and then with Isaiah Stewart getting hurt, Marvin Bagley in his first game back played 28 minutes. Another situation where, what are you doing with this team? What is the plan, Dwayne Casey? The answer is, I have no idea because he has no idea. But 21 and 18 is a line that people can't ignore. You can't ignore it. But you also can't ignore that he had zero assists, zero threes, zero steals, shot poorly from the free throw line, which is a typical Marvin Bagley. This is what Marvin Bagley does. He can be a points and rebounds guy. And to get big volume in that, you need big minutes. And he struggles so much in every other category. This is who he is. This is who he has always been. If he plays 28 minutes a night, Marvin Bagley is a 12-team points lead guy without any question in the world. But can he play 28 minutes a night? What happens when Duran returns? Do they run Duran, Stewart, Bagley? Uh, who's the other one? Wiseman. Do they run them all together? Like, how the hell does it work? And I just think you're going to have Bagley sitting at 20, 21 minutes a night, being really limited in so many different areas that limits his value. Now, again, very hard to ignore 21 and 18. And Duran might remain out. And Stewart might be out. So grab him. like, no, no problem doing that. But understand that we have seen Marvin Bagley. This is year five of seeing Marvin Bagley have these little stretches where he can score and get rebounds and do nothing else. And then when other players return, he fades away. This is the pattern. This happens all the time. He's not a good category league player. We've seen that. And he never will be, honestly. He just never will be because these are the deficiencies of his game going back to Duke, going back to Sacramento, and now in Detroit. It's literally the same thing every time. Shout out RJ Barrett. Like this is just who he is. But there is an opportunity at the moment. Dylan Wright's been added in a lot of spots. Um, yeah, look, things are going well for him at the moment. I don't really know how they're going to run that rotation. But with Monte Morris out today, like he's a great add. And let's just see where it goes with Dylan. I think, I don't know if he's a must roster player, but I think he's worth looking at. The other one's Lou Dort, who is definitely a 12-team points league guy. With Shea out, there is some more appealing category leagues, but the risk with Lou Dort in a category league is that with Shea out, he takes more shots, meaning he can miss more shots, meaning he can negatively impact your field goal percentage category even more. He's had double-digit rebounds the last two games, but he's also been like a 30% shooter. And that's the risk, because he's a terrible shooter. And if he takes more shots, he'll just miss more of them. So that will lead to more volume, which is great for points leagues, but it can really negatively impact you in the field goal percentage category. So he's okay. Absolutely in a points league, and he's borderline in a category league, I think, at the moment, with Shea out. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy, but it's not daily fantasy that you've seen before. Well, you might have seen it before because you might have seen Prize Picks, but if you haven't, let me tell you about it. It's not setting lineups with salary caps, it's just Player projections. You might see Marvin Bagley have a rebound marker at eight and a half, and you go, I think we're going to get a big one from Bags here. Let's go more. Let's say he gets more rebounds. Let's look at his teammate, Killian Hayes, and they might have his assists set at five and a half, and you go, Yeah, Hayes is going to get that. He won't score five and a half points, but he'll you score, he'll get more than five and a half assists. So you get between two to six of those individual player projections. You put him into a lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry feedback. It's safe, it's fast. You can do it in under 60 seconds. You can do it in over 30 US states. You can do it in the majority of Canadian provinces and territories as well, and you can do it for lots of sports. Major League Baseball, we're almost there. Anyone know what my baseball team is? Drop it in the comments if you think you know who the baseball team is that I support. You've got uh, hockey. Do you know who my hockey team is? Drop that as well. College basketball. Do you know who my college, what college I support is? There's lots of different questions here. Men's and women's college basketball, PGA, MMA, boxing, NASCAR, and of course, the GOAT of all sports, disc golf. Download the PricePix app or go to PricePix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix gives you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Let's go the most dropped players. Um, I don't agree with this. Jalen Duran's the most dropped player. And the reason I don't agree with it, I just think you're being too quick on this. Yes, it's frustrating that he is dealing with a, an ankle problem. It's frustrating with the Wiseman minutes. It's All this stuff is frustrating. It, the whole team is frustrating. Their organizational philosophy is frustrating. It's all frustrating. But I wouldn't have dropped him just yet. Like I would give him a little bit of extra grace here. In a points league, I've got no problem. In fact, in a points league, no worries. See ya. Get that garbage out of here. He's not that good in a points league. In a category league, especially if I don't need to make that decision now. Like if I if I desperately... like Blanket statement for everything in this show. If you're in the playoffs or your last two regular season matchups are basically playoff matchups where if you don't win, you don't make it, then you can't hold for the future. You can't do it. So you have to move on. I get that. But if I'm like, oh, I'm sitting third and Jalen Duren's there, maybe I just switch him for Bagley because maybe in two weeks... Like no, I would much rather have Duran in that situation And let's get a little bit more data in there because I still haven't seen definitively what happens when Bagley, Duran, Wiseman all play or if Duran's not injured or if Duran's not in foul trouble. All of those things have happened in the last few games. So I'm not going to just rule him straight out just yet. This guy I am though. Ben Simmons, yeah, drop him. Like knee soreness. I don't know what's going on. He should have been dropped two weeks ago, maybe even longer for some of you. See you later. Larry Nance hurt his ankle yesterday. He's on crutches on a boot, in a boot. His value's not there without Zion anyway. Very easy drop. Isaiah Hartenstein, really easy drop with Mitchell Robinson back. And then we go to Miami, and there's three guys here who are in the most dropped players. Gabe Vincent, the Winter Soldier, Max Struess, and Victor Oladipo. And yes, I get it. Kyle Lowry looks like he's going to return. He's at least been upgraded to questionable. But as I detailed on the Week 19 preview show yesterday, the Heat are one of only two teams with three quality games next week. The other one, by the way, is the Pistons. And then there's the sixes with four. That's it. Everyone else either has two or one. So while it is frustrating with Vincent's minutes down and Struce struggling and Oladipo not doing much, I would have been more more interested in holding onto Vincent there. But the fact that their schedule is so positive for next week in comparison to 27 other NBA teams... I wouldn't have just been that quick to Cup 8. Now, again, if you're in a do-or-die situation, you need to win and you need someone to come in and play on Sunday and put up good numbers, no worries. They're not going to be make-or-break players. But they could give you a nice heads-up, a nice, le- it's not heads-up, a nice leg-up advantage for next week by playing on those low-volume days. So, no problem dropping them. It makes sense if we're looking, hey, rest of the season, are they going to be 12-team league guys? Probably not. I think Vincent still could be, but the other guys, definitely not. Like Struess and Oladipo, no. But... Week 19, the schedule does favor them. And I was very interested to see one of the most dropped players was Malachi Branham. That is, that is weird to me. Now, I am not as big a fan of Branham for fantasy this year as others. Now, I was big, a bigger fan of Branham than others in the pre-draft process and thinking he can become a really good player. But a lot of people seem to have jumped ahead of me, which happens all the time jumped ahead of me in valuing him for this season because I said, look, just be careful what happens when Sohan's there or Trey Jones is there and Kelden's there and Vassell is there. That'll limit his value. And people would just, no, 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 it's going to be great. But then after yesterday, everyone dropped him. All right, everyone. A lot of people dropped him. And I don't think I would have been that quick on it. Yes, when Jones and Vassell play, it's really unlikely to me that Branham's going to maintain 12-team league value. I think think it's pretty much impossible. But I'm not sure I would have gone that quickly and moved off him after yesterday. Let's look at some droppable players. These guys are all rostered in lots of spots and don't think they have to be. Bogdan Bogdanovich. He will have good games. He will have shit ones. The overall combination of that leads to me to suggest that he's a streaming guy and not a must-roster player. Let's go to his teammate there. I should have put them in order. Sadiq Bay, Absolutely no reason to have him. John Collins is back. Bay will get 21 to 25 minutes off the bench. He will have some big games for sure. He will have some stinkers, no doubt. These are not 12-team league players. They are strong 14-team league players. In fact, so is the guy in the middle of those two names if you are watching here on the old YouTube, the Shark Bruce Brown. They are strong 14-team league players, but they are not 12-team musts. If I saw your roster and those guys were on it, well, if all three were on it, I'd say, you're not going to make the playoffs. But if those guys were on your 12-team roster, I'd look at it and go, yeah, just drop them to stream. Meaning that you can use them. And when they play on a low-volume day, there is some appeal in getting Bogdanovich who might have 12 points and three threes or Bay who might go 11 and six with a steal. That has value. But is it worth clogging up a roster spot when I could get seven games through that spot? Absolutely not. And that goes for Bogdanovich, Brown and Bay. Barrett is RJ Barrett is a droppable player. In a points league, hold. No problem. And it seems crazy to say this after we had, what, 25 and seven yesterday. But the same, thi- uh, the same thing with Barrett exists. I'll say it a million times. Show it to me for 10 in a row before I believe that you can be a different player. Otherwise, you are a scorer who is below average in rebounds, assists, gets no steals or blocks, doesn't hit threes, and is bad at both percentages, which is a horrendous Category League player. And finding 18 to 20 points is very hard to do, and that has appeal for some people. But he is rostered in almost every league, which doesn't make any sense for a guy that has never been a top 100 player, is barely a top 200 player this season, and why are we still holding him? I don't understand it. And the arrival of Josh Hart has hurt his minutes. So you do not have to hold RJ Barrett. A couple of Raptors there, Chris Boucher and Precious Achua. Yep, absolutely no need to have them in 12s. Honestly, Achua's not even a 14-team league guy anymore. you got Trey Murphy because of the situation I referenced at the start of the show with Josh Richardson. Murphy's played like you know, 27 minutes last game, 23 the game before. He was already sort of holding on barely as a 31-minute-a-night player as a 12-team guy. If we're getting those minutes eaten into, which we are, does Larry Nance's absence help him? I don't think so. Nance will just get replaced by Bill Hernan Gomez, who, in deeper leagues, I haven't included his name on this show, Billy Hernan Gomez in deeper leagues, worth grabbing. 16 team leagues, worth grabbing. Billy Hernan Gomez. Um, yeah, Murphy's a drop. And in points leagues especially, D'Anthony Mountain, there's no way you can hold him in 12 team leagues. But again, let's record scratch that. The Sixers have four quality games next week. So when we're talking about he's a drop, he is... But the value of four games next week when no one else plays four on low-volume days makes you stop and pause. Now, in a category league, I would probably hold on to Melton just for those four games next week. Even if he pops off for 30 minutes in one game and has 20 in the others, that's 90 minutes of quality game action. And it's where are you finding that? Like, who, Which player on the Heat is available on the wire that gives you 90 minutes of action in three games? Probably none. Which player on the Pistons is available that gives you 90 minutes of action in three games? Probably none. Maybe Hayes. So that four games there win, and he could easily exceed 100 minutes of action for the week, D'Anthony Mountain. Like, no one is really probably going to be available to do that for you. So long term, he, he's no problem with him being a drop. Roto Leagues, not a worry at all, although you can stash on the bench. It's going to be lots of ups and downs. But... Consider him a drop, but also consider the need of the schedule for next week. That is that is important. Is it as important as getting a Bilt Bar? I don't know. It's pretty close because Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. We love delicious candy bars. We do. We also love being jacked just the way I am. You know, absolutely just bulging out of my shirts because of how much protein and how much Bilt Bar I've had. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes delicious. It's like 17 grams of protein in a bar. It's only 130 calories. It's low in sugar, but it tastes like a candy bar and their secret, don't tell anyone. It's because it's covered in 100% real chocolate. I've told you for years, go to Built.com, get your Built Bars. You won't be disappointed. But now you don't even have to do that. You can just go straight into Walmart, go down to their pharmacy department and the Built Bars are just sitting on the shelf in three flavors, cookies and cream, coconut puff and double chocolate. Better yet, if you're at a Sam's Club, you can get them in 13-bar boxes, in churro flavor, and in brownie batter flavor. So do yourselves a favor, jump in your car, go down to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, and get yourself boxes of Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. Let's look at some must-roster players now. These are guys that I all think can be at least top 100, top 110 rest of season who are available in um, 30% plus of leagues. Some of these are obvious to you, but I'm just going to go through them anyway. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, what are you doing? Mark Williams is a must roster player everywhere. No, no debates, no questions. Oh, but what about... Just add him. Like, it's just... Just add him. Just add him. Zach Collins is a must roster player. They were two of our biggest three targets from the trade deadline, and they still haven't been added everywhere, and it makes no sense. They were obvious. They panned out. I don't know what more you could ask for. And I'm sure that everyone watching this show has those guys rostered or those guys are not available in their league. And surely there is no one watching this that doesn't have the Bronco Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. We've been on him for weeks, months. Um, but he's still available. So just in case, going at him. Kelly Linick, also a must roster player. These are all, I think, top 100 rest of season guys. And then we, I don't know why I've got Kelly Linick twice in there, apologies for that. Um, Matisse is an interesting one. Is he a must-roster player? Yes, but. Yes, but. Is he for everybody? No. His value is just so massively high in steals that he needs to be rostered by somebody. He can get some blocks, but you also need to understand that if you add Matisse Leibold to your team, his six points per game with you know, one assist and four rebounds or whatever brings down your averages in those categories. Doesn't help you enough to be a clear winner everywhere. The steals make him invaluable in that category, but that might mean nothing to you. You might win steals by 20 every week. You might lose them by 20 every week. And in that case, it's no point really adding Matisse Thybul. doesn't really make much sense, but he should be on somebody's roster. And the other one is Josh Richardson. Again, cycling back to the start of the show, for now, everything looks great, but I see coaches do these weird things all the time. They don't work out. We might say that with Kevin Love in Miami. Who knows? We'll talk about Love in a second. Um, Richardson might not end up starting rest of season. He might be done in a week. I don't know. But like I've talked about a lot recently is when something happens, you sort of have to believe what is happening in the time because if you don't believe that then, and then it does continue, well, you can't say you weren't shown it. You can't go out and say, well, I just didn't think Richardson would start. Like, Josh, you've seen it. He's starting now. And while I can look at them and go, this doesn't make sense. I've seen the pattern. I think he's going to get benched later on. I don't think this is going to stick. And I can have all those opinions and I'll say them, but I will also still stay at him. And then when that happens, or if that happens, we move off. But you got to add him now. I hope that makes sense as well. Let's look at some players who are over the last two weeks inside the top 100 who are worth looking at available in 50% plus elites We talked about Malik Monk already. We talked about De'Lon Wright already. I think they're both 12-team league guys, Monk over Wright. Justin Holiday's only played one game for the Mavs. At the moment of me recording this, he's actually they're actually playing at the moment, so I don't know how that's going to go. He was great in that first game. He won't be that good, but in deeper leagues, you've got to pay some attention, and that probably kills Josh Green's 12-team value. Terrence Mann's been great, but unfortunately, he's been benched so that Russell Westbrook can get big minutes. Um, will Westbrook play like 30-plus a night every night? I have more faith in him doing that than Richardson because you know, the power of name value and the power, power of buddies... That helps Westbrook, so that kills man. So you can drop him. Malachi Branham. Again, I don't think I would have dropped him after last game, even though I don't really believe in his long-term value. Josh Okogie's been great. This is not going to last, I don't think. Durant is going to have an impact on him, but for now, he's worth it. One of those names that is really interesting to me is Dennis Smith Jr., because even though Kelly Ubre's back, he's like playing 29 a night or 28 a night. I don't really know why they're doing it. It's been very, like, because we saw plenty of times that when this team was healthy, even without Oubre, he played 20 a night. And then over the last three games, they've gone, nah, let's go. We're going to play huge minutes. Now, in one of those, Mark Williams was in foul trouble and they played small with PJ Washington at the center. And then the second game, PJ Washington was out. So they pushed Gordon Hayward up to the four, giving Dennis Smith more minutes. So if Washington's available and Williams isn't in foul trouble, where do they fit Dennis Smith's minutes in? That I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do that. But he's trending up. And I don't hate that as an ad. He is a defensive beast. He can get so many defensive stats and he can get some assists and rebounds. So he's one to watch. I'd add him in 14s for sure, but he's one to watch in 12s. And then Josh Richardson, who we've talked about ad nauseum. Let's look at deeper leaks. Um, I think that Charles Bassey, Goldfinger is a really solid 14-team league ad. It looks like he's got that backup job locked down. There'll be nights where Collins sits. There'll be nights where Collins gets in foul trouble as well. So Bassie's a 14 with 12-team stream. TJ McConnell and Ricky Rubio, they're both there as 14-team league guys because getting those assists is hyper-valuable. They're probably going to struggle in a lot of other areas, but it's really hard to find assists. So that pushes them into 14. Big Dick Nick Richards is a 14-team league guy as well. He will have nights where he's 12-team viable as well. Um, Dennis Smith also, I think, is a 14-team league guy, maybe a 12-team league guy. As for 16s, Aaron Neesmith, he'll have 12-team stretches for sure. He'll also have times where you don't want to have him in a 20-team league because of the inconsistency in his shooting and his usage. But he's a 16-team league guy for now. So is Jay Crowder and MC Hamadou Diallo. it has got a strong role. I don't think it's going to increase. But he'll play 20 minutes an hour. They have good field goals, good steals. And that has some value in 16-team leagues. And let's just go through the rest of the list. Some other names to monitor. Kevin Love. 26 minutes in his second game for the Heat. He's back on the injury report as probable. I think he'll be okay to play. The fact that, again... I, I, I'm not going to go on a rant about buyouts. Let me just tell you that buyouts should never exist and they're ridiculous. But the fact that Love comes in, plays those big minutes. The shooting's not there. The reason he didn't play in Cleveland is because he forgot how to shoot. And that's been the case so far in Miami. But he grabbed good rebounds. He can get some assists. Much like Josh Richardson... I didn't think that Kevin Love had it in him or the team would be, hey, let's mess up all of our chemistry and play him 28 minutes a night. I didn't think they'd do that, but they did. Does it last? I don't know. But Love's ability to rebound, to score a little bit, is solid. The problem is he's so bad defensively. It just, I, I, it's using my NBA brain, which maybe is underdeveloped. Using that, to look at it and go, surely not. You can't get away with playing him 28 minutes a night with that defensive issue. You can't. Like, it's going to be really hard to do, especially when Tyler Hero's out there. How do you you get by with that? And that's going to limit him. But they're trying it, so you try it. Pig Williams, Jalen Williams, in Oklahoma City. He's starting at center almost permanently now. Poku's still a way away. Williams has some struggles. He's a decent out-of-position assist guy. He never blocks shots, but he's a good rebounder. And when you're looking for that, I think he's worth monitoring, especially in 14-team leagues but he's pushing up and he's getting more security in his role. Isaiah Stewart, I put on this list. I don't think there's any reason to have him in 12-team leagues. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. I don't think there's any reason to hold him in those sort of formats. Um, And then the other one is Mason Plumlee, the cockroach. His value was killed by going to the Clippers. And then two games after he went to the Clippers, if it's Zubats got hurt, so Plumlee starting. But first game without, without Zubats, he played 20 minutes and the Clippers went small. Now, they need to go small, I think, to be able to play Russell Westbrook 30 minutes a night. And that's going to hurt Plumlee. Especially it's going to hurt Plumlee when Zubats is back. So you can stream him for now. He's worth having for now. Just to see what happens with Zubats out. But last game, double overtime game, we played 21 minutes or something. He barely played. I think he should have played more than that, but he barely played. So he's fine to have now while Zubats is out. I just don't see how it's going to go. Because literally, it's going to be a three-center rotation. It's him. It's Zubats. And honestly, Westbrook is the other center because they have to have shooters around him. And that's going to make it really hard. Dan Gafford's on this list with Porzingis out. I think you have to go with him. There's been annoying foul trouble issues, but you got to go with Gafford now. Um, Blunty, James Wiseman. Started last game and then had Bagley come over the top of him. Oh, I didn't mean that to sound like that. Giggity. Um, And played 28 minutes. Wiseman is Marvin Bagley. Like from a fantasy perspective, he's Marvin Bagley. He's points and rebounds with very little else and poor percentages. I don't think he's a 12-team league player. It's going to get further complicated when Duran and Stewart play. Um, I don't think we need to worry with him. Brandon Clark, I, look, Adam should be back. Clark's all over the place. I think there are more minutes maybe coming, but I don't trust it at all. And I wouldn't bother holding him in 12s. And then Jared Vanderbilt who's much like Matisse Theibel, very specific skills. Rebounds, out of position steals, field goals. That can be great for people. He might play 28 minutes a night. He might average six points in that time. So it's got to be, yes, there can be value. And this is where ranking skews things. Oh, but Josh, he's ranked 110th. So that means he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. Yeah, he is for somebody. But on your team, that might make no sense whatsoever. And it might actually make you worse versus making you better. So don't read rankings as a gospel type of thing. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're on YouTube, you thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.